Before we get into today's episode of the pod, you guys have to subscribe because I'm looking at you and you're not subscribed to the channel yet and you have to hit the notification bell because you're not going to know when I post if you don't have notifications when I post. Make sure to like the video, you guys, so I know you guys are enjoying these episodes. Make sure to follow my social medias. I will pop them on the screen so you can stay up to date with everything to do with this podcast. And then don't forget to check out the Spotify version. The link will be in the description for that as well. Finally, I am a sports writer, so make sure to check out the take.sport.blog so you can read the best sports articles ever. You will not regret clicking that link. So make sure to click that link below. But let's go ahead and get into today's pod, you guys. All right, guys, what is going on? Welcome to another episode of the Take Podcast. I am your host, Jackson Burleson, of course. And in today's episode, I'm going to be giving you my final four predictions. We have four teams left in the NCAA tournament. But this is the strangest final four in NCAA history. You've got FAU taking on San Diego State. And then you got Miami taking on UConn. Now, UConn, they have a championship pedigree. They have had a history of their program winning. But all of these other programs are not basketball colleges and they don't have a long history of being in this position in the tournament. The last time UConn made the tournament was in 2014 when they made it to the national championship and won it all. That is the last time UConn made the tournament and actually won games. Now, if you look at teams like FAU, they have never been here before. This is their first time in program history that they've even been in the tournament, let alone the Final Four. This is crazy to see Florida Atlantic University, who, by the way, their campus is an owl sanctuary. So you can just imagine how tiny of a campus that is. FAU, during the regular season, plays in an arena that seats 2,900 people. That is so incredibly tiny. And now they're going to be playing in NRG Stadium where way more people can watch. You know how many people sit in a football stadium? 60 to 70,000 people. That is a ton. And when you know it's for the Final Four, they make sure you can put more extra seats in there. It's a football stadium, so it's not designed for basketball. So that field... You can put more seats courtside. So you can sit about 80,000 people in that stadium. Now, I think FAU is ready for this challenge because they have been playing in MSG for the past two games, which is a pretty big venue for the basketball world. And that's a big deal. And they've been playing very well. I mean, they beat Kansas State, who is not a sleeper team at all. I mean, the way that Marquise Noel and... Keontae Johnson were playing. Those are two NBA ready guys. And you go in there and beat them. Not just beat them, but you out coach them. Dusty May is an outstanding head coach. 
He is really taking this program by storm. And FAU is a good basketball team. I mean, they have 35 wins this year. They had 32 coming into the tournament. Imagine if this team was undefeated. This team would be a number one seed. This team would not be slept on as much. But they're a nine seed with 32 wins. That is something I so much overlooked while picking them for my bracket because I picked Memphis to beat them in the first round. But they absolutely just took care of business. They just are showing that they are confident. They got guys that can score the basketball. And they can run in transition. They love running in transition. And they got one seven-footer from Russia, Batslave Golden. I'm sorry if I'm pronouncing his name wrong, but he is very efficient down low. He shoots 62% from the field, 10 points per game, six rebounds. He is a guy that can do it all, and he really helps them. But they're going to be playing a team in San Diego State who just played Creighton, who has a seven-footer just like that. His name's Ryan Blankenhart. I'm sorry if I'm pronouncing his name wrong, but he is a very, very tough guy to deal with. And the way that San Diego State just shut him down is honestly very incredible. I mean, Ryan Kublinger is literally one of the best big men in the entire country. He scored 17 points and six rebounds on the San Diego State Aztecs. But I don't think Golden is as skilled as Creighton's big man, Clockbringer, because he's just not as versatile. He can't shoot the outside shot. He's not able to affect the game in that way. So I don't think it's going to be that much of a challenge for San Diego State to shut down the big man. Now, I'm not saying FAU has no other offense besides the big man, but they're going to be very limited if they can't get the ball down low to him and they can't do anything else. So in my opinion, in this matchup, I think San Diego State is going to be heading to the national championship game just because they have the ability to run the floor. They are a smaller team, so they do play with pace, and they can shoot the basketball from anywhere. I just I just love you know their ability to win close games. They've won against really, really good teams. I just see San Diego State really going far in this tournament. And they have been the first team in Mountain West Conference history to make it to the Elite Eight. Not just make it to the Elite Eight, but make it to the Final Four. So the entire existence of the Mountain West Conference, they are the only team to make it this far in their conference. Now that's an accomplishment itself for its conference because now the Mountain West has a team making a name for itself, which will really boost the conference in years to come. But just looking at this Final Four in general, we're going to get into Miami-UConn in just a moment, but just looking at this Final Four in general, you can just see how small the gap is between mid-major colleges and major colleges. I've said this before, and, you know, that these guys who are, you know, at smaller schools, they were overlooked in high school. Or the transfer portal has also become a very big part of what is going on. Because Kansas State, they had nobody in their starting five that was an original Kansas State signee. All those guys in their starting lineup this year were transfers. 
So the transfer portal is really changing the college game because any team can be good. Like FAU, they have a transfer from some big school. I'm, I'm trying to remember what, it'll come back to me in a second, but they have a transfer from a big time school and you wouldn't normally see, you know, transfers going somewhere else to a mid-major school. That is going to change the dynamic of college basketball a lot because most of the time you would think that these big schools are automatically going to win. They've got it in the bag. Not anymore. It's changed so much from the past because in the past you've got teams like Duke. They've got all the top players in the country. They're going to win or at least make it to the Elite Eight. You've got teams like Kentucky. Kentucky is not as good as FIU. That you cannot say five years ago. You simply could not say that five years ago, and it's really changing. And this is the Final Four that is going to be very exciting to watch and very just you not don't know what you're going to expect. Both of these games are 50-50 games. Each team has a chance to win a national championship. They have a legit shot of actually winning this entire tournament. So it's it's insane to see these matchups. But let's go ahead and get into the second matchup. Miami versus UConn. Now, UConn just absolutely sucked the life out of Gonzaga. I had Gonzaga. Excuse me. I had Gonzaga winning my entire bracket. So for them to lose obviously was devastating for me, but the way they lost is very shocking because they lost by like 30 points, something like that. And they were just getting outplayed in the second half. In the first half, it wasn't too bad, but UConn has got some shooters. They have got some shooters. I mean, UConn is a very, very talented team. They got Jordan Hawkins, who is the best catch-and-shoot player in college basketball right now. Then you've got Ndamu Sindogu, who is a dominant force down low. He is so hard to stop in the paint. UConn is going to be hard to beat. But this Miami team has got the ingredients to beat UConn. I think this game is going to be the best game of the entire Final Four. Because you look at Miami. They've got ACC Player of the Year Isaiah Wong, who literally is projected to be a second-round pick. He is an unbelievable player. He can play defense. He can also score the basketball from anywhere. He shoots at a high clip. He shoots 38% from three. 38%. And he's not the only three-point shooter. That's the scary part about this Miami team. Because they also have Nigel Pack, who shoots 40% from three. Miami is a very talented team. And they were the number one team in the ACC all year long. All year long. They came into this tournament as a five seed. My opinion, underseeded, but they didn't do what they were supposed to do in the ACC tournament. So that's why they're underseeded. But they're showing the entire college basketball world that Miami is ready to take the next step as a college basketball program. Miami has had good teams in the past. They just haven't been able to make good runs. Like I'm sure you guys remember, you know, the Miami team with uh, Shane Larkin. 
Shane Larkin was a very fantastic point guard. And this team reminds me of that team. So when you look at Miami, they just have a lot of guys that, you know, can get it done for them. They don't have just one guy that needs to be at the end of games scoring the basket. They have a lot of guys that can they can go to. And I really like this Miami team to come out on top against UConn. But UConn is going to be a very tough battle because they have got shooting. They have got size. They're a very good team. And Coach Hurley is an unbelievable coach. And UConn was ranked number one in the nation earlier in the regular season. So they're not a trash team by any means. But I think Miami's going to come out on top just because I think, you know, the, sh- the three-point shooting is going to be a little bit better, in my opinion, even though UConn can shoot the three. I just think Miami has been playing with so much confidence. I mean, Miami against Texas in the Elite Eight, they were down the entire game until the last few minutes of the game. They were down the entire time until the last three minutes. And Texas is a good team. Texas has size. Texas has length. They've got great guard play. I mean, Texas is so, so good. Texas was the Big 12 champions. They beat the Kansas Jayhawks twice by double digits this season. That's an amazing win. And that's why I think Miami is going to win as well, because they dealt with Texas' size. And I think they're not going to have a big problem with dealing with UConn's size. So that's why I think Miami and San Diego State are going to be in the national championship game. Now, who will win that? I think Miami's going to come out on top and actually win the national championship. Now, there is a guy in my bracket pool that has Miami winning it. And he told me personally, he doesn't watch any college basketball at all. And for him to get the pick right, that's that's unreal. That's unreal. And I just, this is the one time where I feel like an idiot every single year because it's just this tournament is so unbelievably hard to predict and you can't do anything about it. Things just happen. Things just happen. I, I'm not saying I hate watching it, but it's quite frustrating when you're cheering for a team and they don't win. Alabama, man, they got bounced by San Diego State. I was not expecting that at all. At all. Like, you look at Alabama's roster from up, from top to bottom. They got Javon Quinterly. They've got Brandon Miller. They have so much size. They got guys that come off their bench. I mean, they're so talented. You would think they would not lose. And the crazy thing about this tournament is this is the first Elite Eight in men's basketball history where there isn't at least one number one seed in the Elite Eight. Houston was the last team to go out. Now, I knew Houston wasn't going to win because I didn't like them from the start. Hasser wasn't really that healthy. So I didn't really... Now, Hasser, he is a special, special talent. I see him being a very good NBA player, but they just didn't have enough help around him. And he wasn't 100%. He had that groin injury, but... I didn't think Houston was going to make it out of the first round. Now, there was a 16 seed, 
Purdue that got bounced. First seed. Now, I just guessed the wrong one. I thought Northern Kentucky was going to be Houston. But whatever. Um, this tournament has been the craziest tournament ever. There will never be a Final Four like this. There will never be another March Madness like this in the history of this tournament. I guarantee you guys, you will never see a five seed, a four seed, a nine seed, and a five seed in a Final Four ever again after this year. So whoever wants to win a national title, bring these small schools some pride, make them proud, give them a banner. This is the year to do it. Because in these coming years, I don't think these small schools are going to have as good of a chance. And especially when you got a 16 seed and a 15 seed winning their games. Princeton makes it to the Sweet 16, makes it very interesting with Creighton. And let me talk about that Creighton and San Diego State game. San Diego State, people are saying they got so lucky with the foul. Refs are, you know, people are saying that ref made a bad call. He did have his hand on the shoulder. So, I mean, it technically is a foul if you look at the rules, but it's a ticky-tacky foul. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like a, you know, insane foul. It's not a hard foul. It's a call that a ref could make or could not make. He could sit there and be like, eh, am I really going to, you know, make this the deciding factor of the game? But he did. And it happens. Referees are never perfect. You know that with any sport, they are not perfect. Sometimes they just see the game differently. Now, you can say they're not perfect, but we are not on the field and we can't see what they are truly seeing because when you're on the court or when you're on the field, you see the game completely differently because it's moving at a way faster pace than on the TV. You can't see as much. You don't have a high camera angle. So... You see the game very differently. And when you have to make split decisions like that, you can't hesitate when you're making calls, even if it's, even if it's the wrong call. If you're a referee and you make the wrong call, but you're hesitant about it, then that just makes the whole situation worse. But if you make the wrong call and you're not hesitant about it at all and you stick by it, then no one's going to really give you any flack besides what kind of call was that? They're not going to be like, wow, he didn't even know what he was calling in that situation. So these referees, they have a very difficult job to do in these big magnitude games. So give them a little bit of slack here. Now, do I think that was a foul. Now, you guys can disagree with that. I'm sure you guys do. Um, should it have been called? No, probably not. But it was a foul. And if it wasn't called, I'm, for, I'm very 100% positive that people would have been saying that was a foul. And even if Creighton goes and wins that game in overtime, San Diego State fans are going to be saying that was a foul call. It's just, you know, it's what-if scenarios. It's what-if scenarios. But those are my Final Four predictions and my national championship predictions. Miami will win the national championship. Just want to make sure you guys know that. I'm going to say it. Miami Hurricanes will win the national championship they're going to be on top of the college basketball world for the first time. What a great story. What a great March Madness. This has been absolutely insane. And I hope you guys enjoyed this episode of the Take Podcast. 
I really enjoy making these. Let me know what you guys think in the comments about who is going to win the final four matchups and who you got winning the national championship. Let me know in the comments. Give me a thumbs up on this video if you agreed with what I said or even disagreed with what I said. I'm more open to debating with you guys. I love debating about sports. So if any of you guys want to come on here and you know state your opinions to me and you know debate about sports, just let me know in the comments and we can get something set up. But go ahead and subscribe. And um, you guys have a great rest of your day. And I'm your host, Jackson Burleson. And thank you guys for tuning in once again. Talk to me, baby. Talk to me, talk to me, talk to me nice. I'm from another world, baby, yeah. Right away, paradise. They think I'm way too cold, cause I put my heart up on 